What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 176 of Beast Beef. That's kind of crazy to say, 176 that I've done. Actually, I can't say I've done all 176 because there was one episode. If you're a long-time listener, you'll know uh, that I didn't do one of my episodes because I was out of town. Uh, But I got a great interview for you guys today. I mean, I guess you can kind of see who it is right there. Um. But before all that, I want to get to my sponsors. First sponsor, obviously, is Crystal Lackey at Stockton Mortgage. Crystal has been with me since pretty much the beginning of the podcast. Since I, She's been with me since I started actually getting sponsors. She was my first sponsor, been my longest one. And I, I can't really put into words how appreciative I am of, of her sponsoring me. But get with my friend Crystal Lackey at Stockton Mortgage if it's any of your home loan needs, uh, mortgage needs. Anything that goes into the home buying process, Crystal can help you out. Give her a call at 502-615-0743. Again, it's Crystal Lackey at Stockton Mortgage, 502-615-0743. Stockton Mortgage is an equal housing lender, MLS number 8259. Crystal Lackey, MLS number 1735979. My other sponsor is Delium Clothing. That's B-D-E-L-L-I-O-M. Anybody that bought one of my newer shirts, you will know how great quality that stuff is. my guy Isaac does a great job with everything he does. Um, he actually told me he's doing a uh, fashion show here in, uh, in April coming up. So it's in downtown Louisville next to the uh, Science Center. Uh, Delium is men's and women's uh, minimalistic brand that focuses on modern aesthetic and quality. Uh, everything comes pre-shrunk and ready to wear. So you don't have to worry about putting something in the dryer and it not fitting you anymore. Unless you just get fat, which happens to the best of us. I'm not judging. Uh, but everything comes pre-shrunk, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, you can find his men's line now at uh, Hems Gentleman Boutique. So go, uh, you can find him on Delium Clothing on Facebook and at Delium Clothing on Instagram. Go give him a follow. Go give him a like. Um, you know, Isaac does fantastic work and has has uh, you know really backed me for a long time, and uh, I'm super appreciative of him as well. And last but certainly not least, Mac Mike and Cheese. Best mac and cheese in town. Free delivery to Louisville and Southern Indiana. They have backed off doing it as much. Uh, I know he is still working some things uh, per request if he is available. Uh, it's a $15 minimum. Give them a call at 502-548-6845. Make sure you try the Beef's Beef Pizza Mac and tell them that I sent you. Today's interview, if the sign didn't give it away, I'm, I'm not like Vanna White. I'm not very good at doing this. There it is. Larry O'Bannon. Um, I texted with Larry um, last week after the hire of Kenny Payne and, you know, kind of got his thoughts. And I said, why don't I have you on the podcast to, to talk about that? Uh, so in this episode, you're going to hear uh, Larry's thoughts on the hire, thoughts on what how the, the basketball team has uh, – the basketball program has been the last couple of seasons, uh, how it felt as a former player um, and now a fan's perspective for him. Uh, what he's been doing since the last time we spoke in May of 2020. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this and really enjoy the answers that he gives. Um, but without further ado, Larry O'Bannon. All right, I'm here with Larry. I appreciate you joining me again today, man. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you doing? Always a pleasure to be out here with you. I'm, do- I'm doing well, man. So the last time I spoke to you was actually way back in May of 2020. It's almost been two years. You know, what have you been up to since then? Uh, coaching, man. I've been coaching at Holy Innocence uh, Episcopal School. Uh, it's the largest 
uh, private Episcopal school in America, man, down here in Atlanta. So I've been coaching here for two years. Uh, I've been working <clears throat> in accounting in the corporate world. So a little bit of both worlds, business and athletics, man, uh, just enjoying it. Uh, got a son, 16 months old now. Got another little boy on the way that's doing a couple of months. So uh, just enjoying life, man, enjoying the family time. Staying, and, uh, bu- staying busy. Yeah, yeah. Pursuing my masters, man. Also pursuing my masters. So got a full plate, man. You, you say that coaching is something that you would maybe look to do full time, like maybe once your kids are older, or is it just something that you did to kind of pass time or, or give you another way to get back into the game? Uh, it would be. Uh, one thing I've learned, man, the last couple of years is it's very time consuming. And that's on, on just on a high school level. But uh, coaching is definitely an avenue that I would like to pursue. Um, even just even if it's more so just uh, <clears throat> director of athletics, it may not be coaching director of athletics, just mixing business and athletics, I think, is more so avenue that I would like to go. If at least coaching, that's great. But uh, athletic directing or some form of business and athletic combination would be something I'd be interested in. Now, is Atlanta a place that you're looking to stay, or do you think that you would move back this way and maybe try to maybe go back to Mayo or, or find a high school in the Louisville area, or you think you're going to stay down in Atlanta? No, nah, I'm transitioning back to Louisville as we speak, man. I'll be back in Louisville in ooh, maybe about summer, about August. I'll be nice. in Kentucky full-time, man. So, yeah, transitioning, man. Uh, got Home is where the heart is. Uh, obviously, Mel's a great job. Coach Hawthorne is doing a great job there, so I don't want to speak that because, um, you know, he's doing a great job there. But if the opportunity ever was to present itself where he was to move on, uh, it would be great. But I just don't know about coaching high school because, <clears throat> you know, doing accounting or whatever my main job is, I'm just not sure if they'll have time to be a full-time head coach Yeah. because um, I'm not, I'm not going to be a teacher. Uh, I'm not going to work inside the school building. So, uh, it'd probably be tough for me. So the reason that I have you on here is, um, you know, you're one of the more popular names that's ever played for the University of Louisville. And there's been a big transition here in the last couple of weeks. Um, let's just start back. So back in January, the University of Louisville decided to move on from Coach Chris Mack. Um, what were your thoughts on how things ended with Coach Mack in the university? Uh, it was unfortunate. Uh, I guess you say I was kind of pointed on the whole situation, poignant on the whole situation, because I feel like, you know, I wish he would have stuck it out. I know things got bad. I know he probably got a little down. University got a little bit down. But, um, you know, I've always been a person, though, no matter how bad or good things go, you finish it out, you ride it out. And it may be an incident where him and the school came to a mutual understanding of what was best for them to move on. But I would have liked to have seen him finish it just for the sake of the kids. Um and, you know, but you you never know, man, just not being there. You, you never know what really goes on. So I was kind of disappointing. And, uh, you know, Coach Piquis stepped in. I thought he did a, a, you know, a heck of a job for, you know, picking up the scraps, you know, the way he did. Um, but, you know, obviously uh, time passes, things move on. And, uh, you know, I wish him nothing but the best moving forward. Were you able to um, have any contact with Coach Mack during his time when he was here? Uh, yeah, we, we would speak off and on. You know, he would ask me different different uh, points in town, like, you know, come in and talk to the kids or uh, if I would ever want to come in and practice and play against them. Uh, you know, we spoke about different things, talked about different coaching opportunities. Um, so uh, we spoke here and there. But, uh, he, you know, he was always genuine, always nice guy to me, man. So, you know, nothing but, you know, good things to say about Coach Mack. You know, unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him coaching-wise, but. You know, as a guy, he was always, you know, genuine, pretty good guy for me. 
Yeah, that was, I, I think the word unfortunate is the perfect word for it because I felt like from the beginning, it felt like he kind of understood the magnitude of the job with the Louisville Live. He wore, you know, he comes out wearing the Denny Crumb blazer. You know, he comes out wearing the, the bomber jacket and, you know, bringing Donovan back, bringing Jack Harlow to Louisville Live and stuff. It felt like he understood it, kind of going at Calipari's neck at some points with some of the videos he would put out. Um, <laughs> but I don't, what, what would you say happened for him to lose the team the way he did? Because it felt like, honestly, at the end, the team just weren't, just wasn't responding to him. Uh, you know what, man? It's hard to say. Uh, you know, from the outside, just like you, it's all speculation. Uh, I think there were some things where it made the leadership on the team may not have been the best. Um, and I just think that, um, you know, I think the suspension hurt him being out the first six uh, games of the year, having Coach uh, Pugliese coach and then coming back and having Coach Mack coach. And I think that may have, you know, stirred a little bit. But it's all speculation. You you never really know what was the root cause of it. But ultimately, I think just, you know, not having the season to go the way it went. I uh, think, you know, when you, when you start streaking, having some losses, um, if you don't have a tight ship, things can spiral out of control. And I felt like that's just kind of where it was, man. The team really wasn't bonded uh, together. Um, one thing I noticed when these guys was playing, like it just – it didn't seem like cohesion, man. It's like everybody yeah. just – it was my turn to shoot, my turn to shoot, my turn to shoot. And there's just no understanding and no no discipline, it seemed like, man. And so, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the best <laughs> experience yeah. that as a fan. But uh, nevertheless, man, the season's over with. We – Looking forward to greener pastures. Yeah, one more thing on on this part. So, as you mentioned, Coach Begeese took over for uh, Coach Mack after. In the first two games, it looked rather promising. You have a good showing against Duke, even in a loss. And then you have the game against North Carolina, who has looked fantastic now in the, in the tournament, which is mind-boggling after how they've looked during the season. Uh, as a, as an, a former player and, a, and now a fan, what were your thoughts during this transition period? Like, is it – was it – Hey, you know, maybe this team is responding better, or what? What was your first and or your initial thoughts during this transition period? Uh, I thought that initially, uh, but you know, once you have an identity for something, man, it's, it's it's hard to really change. And I think we did that. You know, I think we had a good showing. Uh, the guys played hard, but uh, one thing I didn't like is like the guys. You know, sometimes didn't play with a sense of self pride. And it's like once we hit like a law, like we play against Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. And um, I forgot who it was at home. Maybe Virginia Tech at home, too. Um, no, Virginia. It was Virginia at home. Virginia Tech on the road, Virginia at home. It's like a team would go on a run, maybe like a 6-7-0 run. We'd miss some shots. And then next thing you know, the tires just blew off of it. It go from, you know, a six-point lead. Next thing you know, we're down 22. It's like, you know, the team just kind of laid down. That's what I didn't appreciate. And being a former player, it's like – you know, it's all you always have a sense of self pride, even if it's you know for the name on the back of the church. You you know you may not understand the tradition on the front, but you got to play you know represent yourself, your pride, dignity, and you know you you plan to keep a scholarship. Man. And so uh, that was the thing I think that was kind of disappointing, man. I think Sidney Curry played hard. I think he brought it, but some of the other guys, man, I, I kind of questioned. Uh, the competitive edge that they have, man. It's like, you know, regardless of whatever's going on, you got to compete to the end. So one name that was during the coaching search that remained strong uh, throughout um, 
was Kenny Payne. Um, were, were you a part of the group the first time before Coach Mac uh, was hired that, you know, kind of wanted Coach Payne to have that chance then? Or, or was it, you know, we just want the best hire, and if it's Coach Payne, it's Coach Payne. If it's Chris Mac, it's Chris Mac. Uh, I definitely wanted him to get an interview, uh, <clears throat> you know, especially because he was, you know, I think he's, he's top assistant in college basketball at the time. He's one of our own. Why not look to bring him in? Um, I was definitely all in favor for it. But, you know, I just wanted to see somebody who was going to, you know, really take the program in the right direction. At the time, I didn't really know much about Chris Mack. Um, you know, I know he coached at Xavier, but, you know, I didn't really know too much about him. So um, I was intrigued about that. But I think I was mostly disappointed just the fact that Kenny Payne didn't get an interview. Um, I'm not going to say that I was sitting here pushing for him to get the job. Would he have been great if he got the job? Yeah, it been great. But I would at least – would have liked him been able to get an interview to have a you know possibility of getting a job. So, um, you know, that was the first time around, but, you know, it seems like they got it right the second time around. So when I texted you about the hire, obviously, if you, unless you live under a rock in this area, you know that Coach Kenny Payne has gotten the job. Uh, when I texted you about it, though, uh, I told you that I was at the press conference, um, and you said that you had actually heard the Monday before they had uh, formally announced him at the press conference. Two questions from that. The first one is, explain your initial feelings uh, when you were informed that U of was hiring not only Kenny Payne, but its first, you know, black men's head basketball coach. Oh, man, you know, the first person I thought of, I called, thought about Coach Wade Houston. Uh, Wade Houston, he was a trailblazer. He was one of the first, uh, if not the first, African-American to receive a scholarship. Uh, to play basketball at the University of Louisville. So I just think about him and, you know, the trail that he blazed, you know, getting that scholarship playing at the University of Louisville. Then you think about, you know, the first African-American coach. I thought about, you know, the times where Kenny Payne was coming back, getting his degree my freshman year, and just the conversations and talks that we've had and how much of a nice guy he was, man, and just genuine down-to-earth guy. And, you know, when I found out he was getting hired, man, you know, I was excited. You know, he's one of us, top assistant. Uh, it just felt like we got one of our own, somebody that's going to be prideful, somebody that knows what it's like uh, to wear the uniform, knows what it's like, knows what the university means to the community, and just embraces and been on both sides of the coin as far as coaching and playing, man. And so he fully he gets it. And so, like I said, to have one of our own, man, we feel like we got it right. And regardless of whatever happens, man, you know, we're behind him supporting 100%. So if you had to guess, uh, I'm obviously not going to get not going to ask you to name any names or anything like that, because that's unfair. If you had to guess with some guys that have already, you know, putting their name in the portal or announcing the decommitments, do you expect a big roster turnover for next season? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, it seems like, you know, we had quite a few. You know, seniors, we always had grad transfers. I see well, Samuel Williamson uh, just put his name in the transfer portal. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. You know, it's tough. You know, when you have a coach that recruited you, he got fired. And then, you you know, you start playing with an assistant coach that may not have recruited you, and then the whole staff is gone. You bring in a completely new staff, man. And so, um, you know, guys may not feel comfortable, you know, especially if things weren't going well with the coaches that brought you in and now you're trying to get a new identity with a coach that doesn't even really know you, um, you know, that could be tough. And so, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, Malik graduated, Samuel 
Uh, Williamson's transferring. Um, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, everybody's, you know, probably wants a fresh start, fresh opportunity. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would like to see some of the local kids stay. Obviously, I'd like to see Sid and Curry stay. It was good to see him blossom and start to reach his potential once given the opportunity uh, to play. Um, but, you know, a lot of guys are probably going to seek, seek other opportunities elsewhere. If you uh, – so thinking back to just when Coach Payne was there or even in the most recent past, uh, UK has won most of the recruiting battles over UofL for big-time guys, you know, more often than not. Outside of being in on some of those guys, what do you expect Coach Payne to bring to the table, not only in the recruiting world but also on the court? Uh, you know, I expect him to keep continue to bring in, you know, character guys, guys that really care about, you know, playing for him playing the right way, uh, playing hard, you know, obviously, you know, you want to recruit talent. Uh, that's what he's known for as well. And, but like he talked about, you know, caring about the guys, that's, that's, you know, type of guys you want to, you know, bring in good, you know, quality guys that, you know, going to be good for the team. I think you've seen this year when you kind of have some, you know, some knuckleheads a little bit, how it can kind of, you know, rock the team and, and keep things unstable. So you, you don't want to recruit those type of guys. Uh, as far as on the court, what kind of coach he's going to be, I think he's going to be great, man. He's, he's you know, been around some of the top-notch coaches. He coached for Ernie Kent, did a great job out in Oregon, did a tremendous job. He's been around Calipari, um, who's had tremendous talent. Um, and I'm not so much on Calipari's X's and O's, but I hear he's a pretty good motivator. Uh, he's been around Tom Thibodeau, who's one of the great defensive minds in the NBA. Um you know, he's been all around all the type of other type of coaches, man. So I'm pretty sure he's been able to pick from, you know, different things that he's like from all of these different type of coaches. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what kind of layout that he's going to build and what kind of, um, you know, style of play that he's going to put. I think he's going to be up tempo. I think he's going to recruit some athletes. Uh, if I was guessing, probably, you know, high pressure, tempo, you know, yeah. try to create, let's get fast breaks, make it an up and down transition type of game. Um, you know, that's what I would assume. But it's going to be interesting to see because I think, um, you know, and, and Denny Crum, I didn't even mention Denny Crum, you know, the person that recruited him, yeah. you know, the things that he took from Denny Crum. So I'm pretty sure we'll see, you know, sort of a hybrid type of style, you know, but I definitely think it'll be more so up and down transition, more fast pace. I think the thing that made our – the Louisville fans' ears perk up because of the last, you know, four years is we're not going to score. No one wants – I know you guys don't want to see a game in the 50s, and we're not going to put a game in the 50s. So, I, I think that was something that, as a fan myself, I was like, you know, it's great to win games regardless of how you win them, but not seeing a game in the 50s all the time. Exactly. I, and I think that was the tough thing uh, for Chris Mack. And, you know, Chris Mack did a pretty good job his first couple of years. Yeah. But I just – you know, the style of play was – it was a drastic change for what we had been used to the first set, previous 17 years. And, you know, obviously, we you know, you don't win every game. But even still, if you don't win, it's, it's still exciting. It's entertaining to go and watch. And, you know, there's a presence on the sideline. I don't think Coach Matt gave us much presence on the sideline. It's kind of like he just sit and it's kind of like, oh, okay. Just kind of clap your hands, you know, whereas Coach Patino is very animated, very into it, stomping, yelling, 
you know, a lot of gestures, body movement, and things like that. He really sells, you know, the culture job. So I think that's part of a uh, big part of it too, you know, you know, being a coach, being a president on the sideline. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see, man, uh, going forward, how things shake out. So speaking on Coach Patino, let's, let's go into a little bit of the NCAA tournament, uh, a team that, you know, Coach Patino is very familiar with this is St. Peter's team. Kind of give your thoughts. I mean, obviously, as a Louisville fan and a former Louisville player, I'm sure it didn't upset you to see them upset Kentucky in the first round like it didn't upset me. But kind of speak on what you see in their game if you've gotten to watch them very very much. Like, this team seems like they were built for March. It's kind of insane, really, to watch them. You know, the great part about it is they got guys that can put it on the deck, beat you off the dribble. They space you out. They play hard. They play with an edge. They play with a chip. And they create off the bounce, man. They don't turn the ball over. They execute their plays. Well, something about March, man, when that sense of urgency kicks in, where it's like, okay, we got to execute. There's no there's no tomorrow. There's no we'll get it right in practice or take off this game. No, there's urgency. There's a sense of perfection that kicks in, man. And they seem to be executing on that heightened sense of perfection uh, that, you know, kicks in when you get to March, man. So, you know, I think some of the other teams, they know that St. Peter's, uh, you know, like let's take Purdue, for example. they like, oh, okay, they beat Kentucky, but maybe it was just that one night. And so you know they're capable, but you still kind of like, uh, you know, they ain't going to do it twice in a row. And before you know it, you, you don't have that top sense of urgency like you normally would if you're playing a Kentucky, which is, you know, natural. Like you playing St. Peter's, like, okay, we just got to – Make sure we play our game. Like, no, you got to be on top of your game. Can't just play your game. You got to be on top of your game. And, you know, whereas if you play in the UCLA or Kentucky or Kansas or Blue Bloods, like, you know, you, that that little sense of fear that keeps you at, on top of your toes, man, it's just, you know, it's there when you play them. Like, if you don't bring it, you know, it's a loss. You might get embarrassed. You don't have that little sense of fear with St. Peter's because, you know, you look at them as a small mid-major school from the MAC, but – you know, looking at what they do now, you know, you, you better have that little sense of fear tingling in your stomach. Yeah, I've not seen a team that's taken on the attitude of their coach more recently than than this St. Peter's team with Shaheen Holloway. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I've learned more and more about him. I obviously remembered him playing for Seton Hall a little bit, but I didn't realize he was a McDonald's All-American with Kobe and Steven Jackson. I didn't realize he won the MVP of the McDonald's All-American game either until I just saw a clip today. And Steven yeah. Jackson was not happy about that. I didn't I didn't know he won the MVP. But one thing I do remember, he had a mean left hand in and out. That's one thing I remember about Shaheen Holloway. He had a mean in and out, in and out with that left hand, man. That's probably the thing I remember about him the most. So well, just a couple more things for you. One thing that I've, had, I've seen a few people say uh, about the NCAA tournament is they, they wish that after the Sweet 16, they would go to like a series, like a three-game series. I am completely in disagreement with that because I feel like that would destroy everything with the magic of March, which what you were just talking about. What are your initial thoughts on that? Exactly. I don't, I don't, I think that's terrible. I think that's terrible. I think the great part about March Madness is that on a given night, anybody can beat anybody. And I think that's what makes it special. You turn it into a series, obviously uh, you're trying to, you know, get the more talented, the better teams, a, a bigger chance of, of advancing, but, the great part about March Madness is that, like you said, that there's no sense of tomorrow. Yeah. And 
you know, any given night, man, somebody gets hot, anybody can be beat. And I think that's what makes it so special. You don't have to be the best team to win. it. You just have to be the best team that day. Absolutely. So the last thing I'm going to ask you about, I want you to, I want you to talk about your podcast. Some of the people you've had on there, uh, you know, let everybody know what the name of it is. If they, if they don't already know it and where they can find it. The Players Perspective Uncensored podcast with Larry O'Bannon. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. We have our uh, Players Perspective Uncensored podcast channel. Uh, you can find us on all uh, podcast platforms, uh, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, everything. Google, Google Podcasts. You can find us everywhere. And so tomorrow we got Eric Crawford coming out. We had a great talk with Eric Crawford just about the state of the university, the hiring of Coach Payne. Uh, we've had Rajon Rondo. We've had Wade Houston. We've had Samaki Walker. We've had um, Eric Sullivan. We've had Durham Webb. We've had a great Daryl Griffith. We've had a great cast of uh, interviews on our podcast, man. So make sure you go and check it out. Um, like I said, we come out probably – I uh, just finished coaching. Uh, we'll probably start doing it more weekly now, now that I have a little bit more time. So I uh, look forward to it. Uh, make sure you guys go and check it out. I got to ask you a question about that. Has there been one person that you've had on there that has made you feel like a kid again, where you were like, man, it's kind of been saying I'm talking to them? Or is, are you at the, the spot in your life where it's like, ah, you know, this is cool and everything, but nothing, nobody's going to really make you starstruck or anything? Nah, not really. It's always a, probably my favorite guy. Like, I had an interview with Dewan Week. You know, he was somebody that I really looked up to growing up, man. So it's always pretty good to, you know, sit and talk to him. It makes me kind of, you know, nostalgic about some of the times when I was a young kid trying to imitate him and, you know, doing the little things that he did when he was, you know, wearing a Cardinal uniform and playing in the NBA. And when I was in middle school, I was trying to mimic everything that he did. So it's always pretty cool, man, and I always tell him it. You know, about how I looked up to him, man, how he was much, so much of an inspiration. And, and that, you know, just being a good guy and a good friend or somebody that you can call on, man, that, you know, just give you good sound advice about anything. So uh, if I had one person, man, that's probably one person that always takes me back to some childhood memories. That's my favorite player as well. Come on, we, that dude was a baller. But Larry, yeah. man, I appreciate you taking time out for me, man. Would You know, once you get back up here in Louisville, we'll, we'll get together for sure. Maybe get to a game or something. Definitely, definitely. I like that episode uh, highlight, Lana, what you got behind you, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, I, I, sh I showed you the shoes, right, with the, uh, with your jersey on it? No, uh-uh. Yeah, so I got these shoes uh, personalized for my podcast. And oh, uh, one nice. of the things I got him to put – I got it was so – I got him to put – you know, I got the Denny Crum uh, program right here. Right there, uh, you know, I had Taekwon, uh, Gerard Holloman was one of my mm -hmm. episodes, uh, sports center anchor Dan Issel. I just, you know, I kind of sent him all of my, you know, favorite or, you know, biggest episodes in my opinion and, you know, said, you know, I'd like to put their number on there and stuff and personalize it. And I figured what better way to, to do Coach Crum than to put the program in the in the old school Cardinals hands. Dope, dope. Nice, man. Nice, nice, nice. But man, it's all—it's always great catching up with you. I appreciate you taking time out for me, man, because I know you're busy with with your son and having another one on the way. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Anytime. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Later.